Good morning, Victory Church. And this is the day that the Lord has made. We will be rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, my name is Troy Savage, uh, and I am privileged to serve in this interim time uh, as pastor of Victory Church. Uh, we are here uh, for one of the first times in person. Uh, and before I begin the sermon, I will just have a moment of what I call pastoral reflections. Um, so what are pastoral reflections? Uh, pastoral reflections will be a few thoughts, uh, announcements, or highlights um, that I would share with you in this interim space. Uh, so why pastoral reflections? Uh, the truth is that the reason is to maintain direction uh, in this transition. Uh, I believe in this idea, and especially during the transition, of all of us coming together uh, and bringing all of ourselves to, uh, to God uh, so that we can move forward. Uh, and we will have many voices sharing, uh, sharing in this space and in this place. There'll be candidates who, who come in. Uh, we will hear from people and continue to hear from, uh, from people in our house. Uh, and so as we continue to move forward, I just want us to have uh, a moment where I can share with you how we are moving forward. Uh, and so for today's uh, pastoral reflections, I just want to, to highlight uh, embracing exactly where we are. Um, this service, this time of worship is uh, intentionally meant to be what I've been referring to as low lift. Um, not because low lift is easier, um, but so that we can have a moment of understanding from this perspective what it means to worship our God. What does it mean when we, we carry our own blankets and our own chairs and, and, and come? What does it mean when we impromptu go out by the lake and just hear Jesus and we don't even bring the food that we would feed our families and Jesus has to say to his disciples, you figure out how to feed them. In, in each step of our transition and along our journey, we want to remain present in that place and hear what God is saying to us. Uh, and so I wanted to reflect upon that because as this moment changes, we want to at each stage and at each place reflect where we are. Now, this isn't my sermon, but I want to tell a quick story. I wasn't planning to do this, uh, but I had the opportunity many moons ago to, uh, to go to a small village in Tanzania called Mampondo. And it was a village, no electricity, no running water. There was a bus that would go through all of the villages uh, one day per week, Saturday morning, to bring you to the larger town um, where uh, we would go to market to get our, our food. Uh, and so the bus came, it was supposed to come at 7 a.m., and I remember uh, being the first of the volunteers at the time to be making the, the trip into town to get our provisions. And got out there at 7 o'clock uh, and waited until 8 o'clock, uh, waited until 9 o'clock, and the, the bus didn't come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I remember a sense of frustration yielding to a sense of understanding uh, of what it might mean to not rely on the bus that only came once a week, um, but on this Saturday morning didn't come, but instead to reply upon my Lord and Savior. All I'm trying to say is that, that in this moment and in each moment as we move forward, we're learning to trust in God in new ways. The other thing I wanted to say this morning is that we are embracing uh, the fact that we have an opportunity to, to share um, this worship experience with our entire families, adults and children 
uh, alike. Uh, and my hope for this morning uh, is that we have the opportunity um, to hear from God through our kids. Uh, that's my hope. All right. In order to do that, I need a little help preaching this morning. So if you are under 10 years old and are physically able to, can you raise your hand? If you're under 10 years old and you're physically able to, raise your hand. All right, now if you're under 10 years old and physically able to, can you stand up, please? Stand up, go ahead. Yeah, stand up, stand up. If you're, if you're young, maybe even if you're young at heart, but for now, if you're young, stand up. Because like I said, I need a little help preaching this morning. I have a secret mission for you. All right. So there's this, this, this gentleman, Eugene Laura. He was a professor of preaching, and he has a style of preaching. It's called preaching from oops to yeah. I, and so I've never done this before, so I need a little bit of help. So children, I am going to ask for your help. First thing, I need you to help yell out the structure of the sermon. So here's how it goes. We start with oops. So when I say oops, I need you to yell as loud as you can. Oops. Oops. You can do better than that. Oops. Okay, the next part is ah. Uh, yell ah. Uh. Then aha. Uh -huh. And finally, let me hear you really loud. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's practice it again. So whenever you hear me say those words, you need to jump up and say them really loud. Let's try again. Oops. Yeah. Ugh. Aha. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Wee. Yeah. yeah. All right, I think you are ready. Okay, there are two other ways that I need your help. I need you to be detectives for me. Here's what I need you to do. <laughs> and kids always do this better than grown-ups. Right? Whenever you see God, right, or whenever you have a God moment, this entire week, but especially right now, here's what I need you to do. I need you to tap the, the adults you're here with, your parent or guardian or family friend, and I need you to go like this to show them that you're having a God moment. All right, let's, let's practice it. So go ahead, pretend you're having a God moment now. Tap, and let me see you do this. Tap your adult. Let me see this. Great. All right, so during the course of this sermon or the songs or anything else, when you notice something about God, I want you to tap your, your adult to let them know how you are seeing God. Amen? And I have one more thing that I'm going to need to ask you to do in just a moment. Uh, I think Andrea already has you ready. Uh, but first, we're going to turn to the scripture. Uh, and so this morning, we'll be reading, I'll be reading uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many part, parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, 
and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to a bo the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am an, not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. The word of God and the word of life. Let us pray. God, in this moment, teach us and show us the depths of the truth that we are individually and collectively your body directed by your spirit for your purposes and your glory. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, young people. I need one more thing. We read Paul's word in 1 Corinthians, but uh, I'm going to call it for this morning a summary uh, that he shares in Romans chapter 12, verse 5. Uh, and so we are going to have Andrea help us out with that. Kids, in the meantime, go ahead uh, and stand up. Uh, if you're watching this on live stream, this will not be on camera. Um, we will return to you in just a moment. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We who are many are one body in Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Our special children, our detectives, I need your help because, oops. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I need a little more help. Oops. Oops. I stared at the computer screen. If I was reading this right, we maybe, perhaps, might have nowhere to live in 48 hours. Oops. Kids, have you ever had an oops moment? You recognize something went wrong? Maybe you broke something in your house? Or you forgot to get the permission slip signed? Somehow the outfit that your parents just bought got ripped 
and all you can do is say, oops, oops. <laughs> so to, to protect the innocent, I'm not going to tell you all the details of my oops. I won't tell you the where or the when. But let's just say uh, the lease was up, which we, we needed to move out of our old place. And we had a new place lined up, but it wasn't available for five or six months. And so we found a place that we were going to, to stay. Uh, 48 hours before, approximately, we went online and realized we had a problem. The, the, the place we were going to be staying for those six months changed their website the week before uh, and said if we only stayed for six months, we'd have to pay for an entire year. And we couldn't do that. Oops. <laughs> now clearly, now clearly, now clearly, that change on their website a week before we were walking in was not going to apply <laughs> to us. So I picked up the phone. And would you have it that they didn't answer their phone? Like I said, I'm going to protect the innocent here. They didn't answer their phone for day after day after day. I think eventually there was an email that basically said, you have an appointment on Thursday. We'll talk to you then. Ugh! Ugh! The plot thickens. Kids, for your oops moment, did you notice where it got even worse? You found out that that vase that you broke was your parents' favorite? Or that outfit your parents wanted you to wear to see their parents the next day? <laughs> for me, the plot thickened because I realized that if we didn't pay, if we had to pay for a year, then we wouldn't be able to move into the new place. But if we signed up and lived there, we'd have a problem. Ah, victory. Oops happens. Can, I, can our kids say oops? Oops. I need it a little bit louder, kids. There we go. Now, victory, the fact of the matter is that we have oops moments sometimes. Yes, uh, through no fault of our own, we are in the middle of a uh, pandemic. Uh, and all learning new struggles and new normals. Uh, and a church that started uh, with its first service on January 6, 2019, faced a pandemic a year later. Uh, and a little, little more than a year later after that, our, our founding pastor, and that's an understatement, uh, gets called away. Oops. <laughs> and, and then perhaps came the uh. That uh might have happened to you on the phone as uh, as you were talking with somebody else. Uh, the, but the uh for many of us happened, right? Uh-huh. You thought to yourself, perhaps in March, we're so young. How is this going to work? There is no one else like Paul. Uh, perhaps even in May, you thought to yourself, I don't know what this looks like still. I can't see my way through. <laughs> and maybe in June or perhaps even last week, uh, you got an email uh, and heard about an interim pastor, and you thought, oh, who, who, is, who is this Troy? Is this, is this going to work? <laughs> Amen. Kids, can you say with me, aha? Uh -huh. 
Oh, I need you to be a little bit louder. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, thank you. The uh aha moment is where we have a clue that points to the fact that God is with us in the midst. (laughs) Ah, for the story of of Troy and his family and uh, realizing that that email meant that we might not be, uh, might not have a place to, to live. Uh, my my wife and I walked into uh, this meeting, and the lady said, "Well, yes, you're under the old policy right now, um, but in 15 days you're going to be under the new policy. So, yeah, if you guys want to move in six months, I I wouldn't move in here." Um, and I said, "Oh, okay. Well, we don't have a place to live tomorrow. I guess we're just going to have to do it." What we found in that moment was something remarkable. Firstly, uh, my wife and I approached things differently, uh, but somehow, uh, in the heat, in the heat of that moment, I'm not trying to get in trouble, y'all. In the heat of, in the heat of that moment, uh, what was in us became revealed through us. So my reaction was slow uh, and methodical and asking a lot of questions and taking a long time to make a decision. That's how, that's how it was revealed through me. Uh, and Chantelle, in that moment, uh, was ripe to say, no, 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 let's accept this and move on. That's how we were wired. And I remember in that particular moment, there was this, instantaneous moment of tension and I realized from a voice that I'm actually only now as I say this recognizing was God uh, that I needed to I needed to be the one to step a little bit forward in this moment and the way that that God was revealing himself through me needed to take precedent in that moment and so we had this slow methodical question asking and we asked questions and questions and eventually uh, the person we were talking to said, well, I haven't given you the keys yet, so if you guys back out now in this moment, it's okay. Like, okay. So then it was like, great, we can back out if we need to, but where are we going to back out to? Uh, and so here is where how God, I recognize now, was working through my wife was revealed. In that when I wanted to make one phone call and and give up, uh, she was quick to make phone call after phone call after phone call. Uh, I believe she got to phone call number four. The aha moment for us was that God had already placed in us and through us the image that we needed to bear to meet the situation at hand. And indeed, because of that, when it was only two of us, two or three gathered, God ultimately worked. The aha moment that I think is true right now for us as a victory family in a victory community under God's beautiful sky is that God has revealed in us his spirit that we need for every moment of the journey. 
and he reveals it through us differently because we are different parts of the body. <laughs> I reflect upon it now. If I, in the moment, said, no, 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 Chantel, we have to give up right now because that's how God was revealing through me, we would not have had our aha moment. Uh, and if Chantel had said, no, 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 Troy, we just need to move on, and, and that was the voice that took preeminence in that moment, we would not have had our aha moment. If the head said to the foot, I have no need of you. If the foot said to the nose, I have no need of you, where would we be? But in our little household, because we were willing to allow God to use us, we were able to walk through our aha moment. Now, how do you decide? How do you lead? The truth of the matter is that we are the body of Christ. Here's how I like to put it, Victory Family. We are hands and feet and noses and mouths and hair and appendixes, all part of the body and directed by the Spirit of God. And when I think about Jesus, and I realize exactly who Jesus was, he was, like all of us are, hands and feet and appendices and nose and, and, and hair, but directed by the Spirit of God. Which means, in a very real sense, we are the body directed by the Spirit when functioning appropriately, just like Jesus Christ was a body directed by the Spirit. Can you believe it? That God sent his son to die for us. And when he left, he said, you be my church. You be the body of Christ directed by the Spirit. Children, I need your help again. Let's say it together. Wee! We is when we experience the gospel. We is when we experience the good news. When we experience the good news and realize that God is still working and that God is still revealing through us. Oh, I remember it. I remember being outside of that building again. I'll keep the innocent innocent. But in that moment, we got outside. Chantel, my wife, got on the phone. And she dialed and she dialed and she dialed. I made one phone call. I'm so glad that, that she was a member of the body. We got to phone call number four. And there was a place that was renting. There was a place that was renting that was closing at 5 o'clock. And it was 4.20, if I'm remembering correctly. There was a car drive over to that place, which was literally around the corner from where we lived at the time we walked into the office uh having prayed on the way over and we walked into that office thinking is it possible that there is a place that we can move tomorrow <laughs> how many y'all know that with god all things are possible we walked in, and I'm not going to say any names, but lo and behold, the property manager was uh, someone that we had met just a couple of months ago who looked at us and said, yeah, I got you. Would you know 
that we walked into the into the place that they had, and it was perfect for us. Literally, exactly what we needed: uh, two bedrooms and an office for someone who worked at home. Did you know that it was ready for the next day that we could literally move in? Did you know? that somehow inexplicably it was the cheapest place that they had that the one bedrooms were twice the price and the three bedrooms were twice the price did you know that it was for the exact length that it needed to be that if we had wanted to rent it for a month earlier it would have been twice one and a half times the price and if we wanted to rent it for a little while later it would have been the same price did you know that it all worked out <laughs> the, the experience of the gospel is in some sense that God has accepted us as his children and he wants to reveal through us what he has for our world. And so he places his spirit into us. He bears his image through us. And as he bears it, we walk in this world and we might not know how it's going to work out. We might not know, but we do know a God who sees us and knows us and says that we are his. And every once in a while, in the midst of being who God has called us to be in every situation, in the midst of being a hand or being a foot here rooted in victory, what we do indeed fi find is that God swoops in and fills miracles in our way so that added to his presence is his miraculous move in front of us. Now, admittedly, that may not happen in ways that we can see all of the time, but beloved, God is able and God's hand does move. And no matter what, God wants to work through his body. Last week, I, I tried to say in the sermon that the key to our transition was shown by Jesus. And this idea that revolutionized the entire world upon which we live now is that the transfer of knowledge and truth can go to a body and not just to an individual. That's what Jesus said, did when he rose and he said, don't worry, in a couple days I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and my spirit that dwells in me now is going to dwell in all of you and it cannot be defeated. And I tried last week to say that the, the, the Paul and Taylor very intentionally worked and moved so that you could see. And so it, the way that God was uniquely working through you was revealed. So the victory, in a sense, was a group of people who could know and understand how God can and how indeed God is working through us. And so the question is, how are we putting that to use. The truth of the matter is that, that, that God allowed Paul and, and, and Taylor to help us even more. Because what we have in place is a discipleship process, if you please, that is rooted in that very truth. What's the discipleship process at Victory? At first, 
is to worship, to come together and to praise our God, to recognize and acknowledge who our God is and to be strengthened, to be strengthened in all of us, to be strengthened through our children and through, uh, through our elderly, through our middle-aged, through all of us, strengthened in the fact that we are diverse, that we are hand and, and feet, and yet we are united in Christ. On that when we worship our God, indeed, our God speaks back to us and reveals to us. Uh, the second tenet of our discipleship process is to become a member of a victory group. To be in a place where you can definitively allow God's image to be used inside of you. For indeed, whatever God has placed in you is meant to be redeemed through you is meant to be reconciled through you. And that happens in our victory groups. You have an opportunity to reflect on what God is doing and to hear from other people how God might be talking to you. And indeed, if you think about it, in our victory group, you have the opportunity to be the witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria. And finally, the third part is to be in service, to be part of uh, Victory Ministry, to be able to help serve the body and the world, to be able to take what God is putting inside of you and to work it out through you for the glory of God's word, uh, to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth, if you please. That's our process, and it is not changing. It's our process, and it is that process upon which we can move forward. And now, as Pastor Paul often said, it's not all, the only process that's possible, uh, but it is the process at Victory, and it is the process that is suited for us right now. And because of that, we can say together, in fact, we can jump up and say together, children, yeah! yeah. One more time, stand to your feet and say, yeah! Yeah! Yes, 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 because even in the midst of it, our future is bright. God has great things in us and through us, even in the middle of transition. I might even say, especially in the midst of transition, God wants to work and reveal through you. He wants us to understand him in a newness and fullness of depth in the moment in which we are right now. To say that another way, he wants us to pray. Uh, he wants us to pray individually and collectively, and he wants us to be the body of Christ. And so I encourage you, Victory and children, I need your help. I encourage you to simply in all times watch God move. As we go from, all right, children, you ready? Oops. To uh. To uh-huh. To wee! To yeah! Oops! Uh! Aha! Wee! Yeah! Oh, from our oops to our yeah, we have an opportunity to watch and live into the truth of God. To God be the glory for the great things that he is doing. Amen. The gospel has been preached. And whether you're here or in person or live stream, I want to give you an explicit opportunity 
to respond to how God might be calling you right now, to the fact that God called us to his truth and to be reconciled with him, even when we don't deserve it. And so now, as was our custom in person with every head eye and every uh, every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to give you a moment to, if you haven't accepted the truth of our Savior, to simply slip your hand into the air and acknowledge that truth. If you're live streaming, if you're watching this later, or even if you're here live, I want to let you know that you don't have to do this at a church service. You can do it anytime, anywhere. God will continue to call you. He already saved you. and He's just waiting for you to acknowledge the truth that you are acceptable to him because he made you acceptable. He sent his son to pay that price. Thank you. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Victory Church, Victory Family. Uh, to God be the glory for the great things he is doing. Go with God. Be encouraged. God bless you.